Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Meir, founder of Meir Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. And I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. In this episode, I'm not even sure I'll be able to say it right. <laughs> it's the basics of basis. Right. And I'm going to let you just give us a quick, quick definition of basis. Basis. Okay. Basis is essentially your investment in something that you use to measure whether you have a gain or a loss. So think of it this way. Whatever you paid, a stock is always a great example. Or, or let's think of a, a, a piece of property. I bought a house, a rental property. And I'm, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, oh, this is about to get a little more complicated. <laughs> let's just say uh, like an unimproved a lot. Is there basics to basis or is it just complicated? <laughs> I think it's actually just a great headline. Uh, no, it is complicated. So let's just use a lot. Right. You bought a lot for $50,000. A lot of land. Yeah, you bought a lot. You're going to build a house on it. Plans change. Okay, you bought it for 50000 say, 10 years ago. And then fast forward 10 years, it's worth 75000 and you sell it for 75000 Your basis is what you use to determine your gain or loss. So $75,000 of sales price minus 50000 of basis gives you a $25,000 gain. That's basics in a nutshell. That's the essence of it. Which it's how you determine your investment for tax purposes and ultimately your gain or loss upon the sale of that asset. Okay. And so obviously there's a lot of like derivative implications right. that have. So yeah. Cause we're going to get into depreciation. So, you know, here people say I bought something, I wrote it off. Um, not, not like you bought office supplies that's different, but like a, yeah. a hard asset, a capital asset, like a, a major purchase. So is your basis something that is like a total of everything you have, or does the IRS see your basis like an individual individual things? asset? So you report your assets like on your um, on your tax return. You might have them on the balance sheet aggregated, but you're supposed to keep a separate depreciation schedule is what it's called of okay. each individual asset, what you paid for it. So that's your initial basis. What uh, when when you bought it and what you paid for it? Gotcha. Yeah. So you only have basis on assets. Correct. Yeah. So just think of it like this: like it's your vehicles, it's your equipment, it's your real estate, it's yeah. your computers. It's not like your um, stack of paper that you bought from Office Depot. And or let me, let me see if I'm getting it right. We we talked about this earlier, where an asset is basically something that is bigger than something you'd want to write off as an expense. It has a future value. It has a is a value that. I guess in the accounting sense, it has a value that extends out into the future, right? If you bought paper clips, mm-hmm. you, I mean, that's like something you just expense right away. You just, it goes right on your, on your profit and loss statement as office supplies. Right. You don't put it on the balance sheet and then depreciate it. And when I say depreciate it, meaning expense it over time. That's the thinking behind depreciation. We're kind of jumping ahead. It's that you're, you're expensing a little bit of that purchase to your income statement mm-hmm. over time. Because the thinking is it had more, it has value when you buy it, and that as it loses value, that's a cost to the business. Yeah, that's in essence depreciation. Okay, so what are some things we need to understand? All right, so I would they, I would say that one of the biggest things people get mixed up on is how basis is determined initially, especially if they are thinking about financing something, okay, or paying cash for it. 
All right. So the best, always like to give an example. I think we've gone to the forklift. That's been like our go-to. Yeah. And I'm not I, even sure why. And I think it's, I have a, I, I have a taco truck. <laughs> right, right. And you I'm have, buying a forklift. That's right. Tyler's Tasty Tacos. Yeah. Forklift. We're not sure why, but let's, let's, keep the, <laughs> let's keep the narrative going. And as I say forklift, I'll say something like 30000 and I'm sure there's somebody out there going, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. That costs X, like yeah. way different. All right, but let's play the example through. Just I'll humor you. $30,000 forklift. Whether you write a check for that or you get financing for that, what you paid for it is your basis. Gotcha. So, and I'll stop you right there just to say, like, if you're buying something that I feel like this is people will buy things that already they feel like are they're buying it cheaper than it's worth. Okay. That has nothing to do with your basis. Zero to do with it. Your basis is what you pay for something. And again, I'm hammering home about what you pay because sometimes you pay in different ways. You might pay by somebody extending you credit, right? That's a, that's a, you finance something. Mm -hmm. And essentially if you thought about how credit works, somebody, a bank could have handed you the money and you then pay that cash to the, you know, who's ever selling you the piece of equipment. It's just the middleman's been cut out. The mm-hmm. bank just simply hands the $30,000 that you borrowed to the company selling you the forklift, mm-hmm. right? No different. I mean, it is different, but think of it when you buy, if you would just pay cash, again, that's what you paid for it. Okay. So that's the biggest thing I see people not understanding. Like, well, I financed it. Like, I didn't, I haven't made a payment yet. Like, it, that trips up people. And I kind of get that. But And they're thinking the basis would be zero because they didn't spend I'm not, the Yeah, money, I would or? say they're thinking, yeah, they're thinking like, how could I have basis in it yet? I haven't even made a payment on it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's just whatever you or you threw someone else's money. Whatever you paid for something. I'm just right. saying, just yeah. let's, not, let's not even make it more complicated. Let's not what, make that part of it complicated. Correct. What did you pay for it? Whether yeah. you paid for it by borrowing money or you paid for it with cash. What did you pay for it? Gotcha. That's I think everybody basis. understands that concept. Yeah, that's your basis. That's your basis. All right. All right, let's talk about accumulated or depreciation expense and then accumulated depreciation because this one is probably the biggest thing that trips people up. Mm-hmm. So you'll hear people say, I bought something and I wrote it off. Okay, what they're saying when it relates to an asset, again, let's go back to where we first started, like a capital asset, a, a car, a forklift, a piece of property, mm-hmm. Um you know, an office building, a, name your thing, a piece of equipment. What they're saying is they took depreciation expense as a tax deduction. So let's stop there. When you say write it off, that's what you're doing. Okay. Now, there are provisions in the tax code that allow you to either write something off over time. So let's go back to our $30,000 forklift. Let's just say, and it's not exactly like this, but it would get confusing if I got into the details. Let's just say you could write it off over five years. What that means is that every year of your $30,000, you are taking $6,000 and claiming it as an expense, a deduction, mm-hmm. versus if you wrote it all off, you'd claim all thirty in the first year. You can do both. Okay. It's not exactly $6,000 a year. It's, it's, it's more in the front and less at the end, but you can't do obviously more than the thirty you paid. But I'm trying to give a simple example. And that's a that's a... That's a formula that the IRS gave you. Correct. There's or? a there's a there's a there's tables. And look, most people, when we're talking small businesses, most people are, are just writing these things off through what's called bonus depreciation or section 179. Those are two kind of tax provisions that allow you just in this example to take that thirty thousand dollar asset and claim a thirty thousand dollar deduction in the first year. 
But the tables you're talking about, yes, are given by the tax code, which says this type of asset has this type of, it's five, it's seven years, it's 10. It's determined by a table. Okay. And there's classes, and I could show you. We got books over here that say, "Here's the here's the life." So this one you got to go over five years. This one you have to go over seven. Yeah. But I just want people to get that concept of when people say I bought a vehicle and I wrote it off. That's what they mean. They took a depreciation deduction equal to the cost in the first year. Right. Okay. So now I want to bring people's. I want to bring people forward in this basis conversation and say, okay. What happens when I take depreciation? Because if I pay 30000 for something and then I write it all off, meaning I took a depreciation deduction, there's nothing else to depreciate. Does that make sense? Sure. You had a $30,000 purchase. How did you get benefit of the 30000 Well, you took a $30,000 depreciation deduction in year one. You follow okay. me? So, all right. So, what would your, if I told you that, what would your basis, what would you think your basis in the property is now? I'm going to guess zero. Right. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll kind of follow the conversation up. If you then sold that asset for 20000 what would your gain be? <laughs> no, nothing. No, it would be 20000 Let's think it through. You paid thirty. You took all thirty. You've already used all thirty and got a depreciation deduction in year one. So it's like a shadow... Like the basis is like just, it's like there's normal dollars of profit and loss, and then there's like this shadow value that the government no. says. No. Because like you wrote it off. Okay. Which is only government language. So now you're, you made, the forklift still worth 30000 but to the okay, government worth, now it's correct. worth zero. Yeah, Correct. And then when you sell it for twenty thousand in real dollars, you lost ten. Correct. But in the shadow world, you now gained twenty. Exactly because well, but let's let's do the shadow world. I'm gonna use your language. <laughs> think about the shadow world. So you lost ten, right? Bought for thirty, sold for twenty. Yeah, okay. But think about it in the in the shadow world or the tax world. <laughs> Took a thirty thousand dollar depreciation deduction and a twenty thousand dollar gain. What did they net to? All right, wait. A, $30,000 depreciation deduction. Okay. $20,000 gain. What did those net to? $10,000 loss. Okay. So that's why you got to step. That's We're back to the same place. It just, it's a timing thing. So if you, again, let's work the example forward. Let's All do right. Let's take it. Let's take the five-year example. Because I think examples are how people kind of get this. And I wish I had the whiteboard up. By the way, we're going to start doing that. Some yeah. whiteboard videos. Let's take the $30,000 example and use depreciation over time. Okay. Let's say we buy it, I'm going to say in year one, and we're taking $6,000 a year. Okay. One-fifth. So, right. in, okay, year one, we took a, a $6,000 depreciation deduction. Literally reduced our taxable income by six grand. Mm -hmm. So now our basis is 24. Year two, we took another 6000 Now it's down to eighteen. Again, a $6,000 deduction reduced our taxable income. Year three, we write it. We we take another six thousand. So now we're down to eighteen. Taking you tell me, yeah. No, so, I'm sorry. What did I say? Six twenty four. No, we're down to twelve now. Okay. So if you then stop and say right after year three and year four, you sell it for twenty, you have an eight thousand dollar gain. You've used up eighteen of the thirty. Now you're down to twelve, and you sell for twenty. You have an eight thousand dollar gain. Okay. Is that about as clear as mud? It's clear what, but again, you you made the best point. You said economically, 
I lost money. I bought for 30 and sold for 20. Yeah. But in the tax world, you used up the 30. You've got nothing left to use. So now when you sell for 20, you have nothing to use against. Remember that first example I gave of yeah. a, a $50,000 lot you sell for 75, $20,000, $5,000 game? What is the point is all I could ask. What's the point? The yeah. point is to give you a current benefit of your purchase. And not what is the point of us talking about. I mean, like, what, yeah. is, the, what is the point of the depreciation from the IRA? Like, I don't get The point why. is you've heard that they say they want to they stimulate business. How about if I tell you you can go tomorrow and borrow a million dollars, buy assets, never make one payment on them, and get a million dollar tax deduction? It might save you three hundred fifty thousand dollars in taxes, and you haven't laid out one note payment yet. Okay, that's a pretty big incentive to go buy that equipment you were sitting on the fence about. Yeah. Now you right. just got to remember that down the road you're gonna <laughs> have to pay the piper when you sell that thing. Yeah. So that's why I tell my clients all the time they're talking about. I know people have heard this term. My CP, I get the, I get this when other new clients come in. They say, well, or, or they'll say, my friend's CPA says he needs to buy something. We talked about that right, in year right. in tax planning. What they're saying is you need to buy something because you need the deduction. What they don't tell you is, hey, if you buy that $70,000 Escalade and write it all off, and then in three years you don't like it, and you sell it for forty five, you've got a $45,000 gain. That you did not expect. Yeah, and like you said, economically, you're you economically, you're like, what the money. heck? So, and then people it start. Seems like an insult to injury. It's really not though. We just worked out the math on how yeah. you were in the same place economically. You got a thirty thousand dollar deduction on one. It sold for twenty. That's a net of ten. Right. I mean, of a, you know. So we we talked about that, but again, it's just timing. It's timing, and people forget. Right. You forget. So that's why it takes somebody working with you saying, hey. I know you just like if I saw that in, a, in a, one of our quarterly meetings with a client and they said, you know, hey, that piece of equipment that we had, you know, we got a great deal to sell it. So that's great. Just know you, you know, you got to with the game, the game's called recapture. And when you say it that way, it kind of makes sense. Like you're you're basically saying I'm giving the depreciation back. Yeah, I, I want to clarify, too. Or you can clarify the the gain would just be normal. Like when you sell as a business, when you sell that equipment, I yeah. sell the forklift. Yeah, that gain would just be normal revenue for me, right? Correct. It's not like capital gain. Well, it can right? be in, well, a bu- I guess- in a business asset. It can be. It's, well, I don't want to get too deep down this rabbit hole, but it's called. There's a twelve. There's a code section called twelve thirty one, where when you sell business property. Even though you didn't sell it for more than you paid for it, that's the essence of a capital gain. When you yeah. sell something for more than you paid for it, right? But you can take a, you can get a capital gain on on this kind of gain that really is just a recapture. You can get that, okay? But mo- yeah, so just but but a lot of times it's it depends. So I don't want to go to on that far. That but for the, for the average transaction, you sell the truck or you sell the whatever you sell your you know right whatever it is. It just goes normal into your taxable right. income. That's right. Yeah, just I, I want people to leave this conversation understanding that when they write something off, and essentially, let's just make sure we get this: they write it off, meaning they take a depreciation deduction equal to the cost. So bought something for thirty, took literally took a thirty thousand dollar deduction, and forget about that. And then three years later, sell that thing for ten thousand. Mm-hmm. There's a ten thousand dollar gain. You have nothing to offset it. You've yeah. already taken the offset. Is that a yeah. better way to say it? Is there a way to account for your basis with the asset? Like I'm thinking that would be handy in zero if there was just like a way to see the basis. Well, we do that. So like for, the well, I know for us, like we have a depreciation schedule for all our clients. And that ties back to the amount of fixed assets and accumulated depreciation on their balance sheet. 
So yeah, I mean, like for us, like your what your your business, we have all the assets you've ever bought, what you paid for them, when you bought them, accumulated depreciation, and what your basis is in them. Yeah. And when I say basis, I'm talking adjusted basis. Right. That's cost less accumulated depreciation. Yeah. And so you're not necessarily leading to one practice or the other. You're just 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 saying account for yeah. I'm just saying I want people to at least lead this conversation with. If I bought a big, if I had a big purchase, and I know I probably took a big depreciation deduction, and I go to sell it, there's a consequence of that. That's all. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of this stuff is just issue recognition. It really stumps people. They're like, "How did I have a gain? I sold this for less than I paid for it." Yeah. And I said, "Because you got a, you took a, you got a big tax deduction on the purchase." So if it, here's another way. Think about it. If something, if you sold some, bought something for thirty, and sold it for twenty. It only economically depreciated by ten, correct? Mm-hmm. But you got a thirty thousand dollar tax deduction. Yeah. So then the twenty thousand dollar gain goes against it and re- restores you right back to a ten thousand dollar economic depreciation, right? Yeah. That's the thinking. I mean, that's what's happening behind the scenes. But again, just leave this conversation with: if I buy something and depreciate it, and later I sell it, chances are I've got a gain. That's basically restoring me to what happened economically. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. All right. So it seems like real estate's the only one where, because that in most cases, people are selling it for more than they that's right they bought it for. Yeah, and still with real estate, real and also with real estate, you have a slower depreciation, so you can't take bonus depreciation generally on real estate. You can't take uh, Section one seventy nine. Those are the two provisions in the tax code that allow you to write something off like that. Gotcha. Real estate, they make you. Go 27 and a half years or 39 years. It's long. 27 and a half for residential or 39 for a commercial property. Right. Um, But even that, let's just put a very simple example. You bought a commercial building for 100 grand and over time, a little bit at a time, again, over 39 years is not much depreciation. You wrote it, you wrote off 15,000. You wrote it off so that your your adjusted basis would now be 85 and you sell that for 150. You have a fifty thousand dollar capital gain, the difference between the one fifty and the hundred. But then you have that hundred to eighty five. You got the benefit of the the fifteen. You got to give it back, because again, it didn't economically depreciate by fifteen thousand. In fact, it went up by fifty. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we got to have. But so that's how we we got to pay. So that would be a fifteen thousand dollar gain. That that depreciation we took from a hundred to eighty five. Okay. I wish, man. I wish I had a whiteboard. Yeah. I know. Is that? But I mean, and if you think about it, if you think about it economically, you had a fifty thousand dollar economic event. Bought for a hundred, sold for fifty. In the tax world, you would have had fifteen thousand of a depreciation expense and a sixty five thousand dollar gain. What did they net to? Fifty. Yeah. But it's timing. You made that point earlier. It's timing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking at I'm me like, like bewildered. Yeah, I'm just like, well, I'm thinking of all, like, I'm thinking of property and like all this other stuff, and I'm right. like, I, I shouldn't do this in the podcast, but like my wheels start turning. Of like <laughs> no, this things. is I'm good. Like, I'm like, well, wait, no, I, okay, I'm gonna have to ask you about that off air. <laughs> right, it's true. But you gotta think about it too. There are some things that aren't depreciable, like land. Yeah. So if you bought land. For a hundred thousand, it just sits on your on your books for a hundred, right. unless you improve it or something like that. But absent that, it just it, 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 there's no depreciation against land. Not sure why. That's just always been the tax code. They only take depreciation generally against hard assets, yeah. improvements in the real estate world. Improvements to the property okay. when you build a structure. Yeah. 
All right. So how do you, what's, what's the way to proceed? I mean, is it just, this where it comes down to advising? Yeah. You know, making big purchases? Yeah. Just know, know what you're getting into. Understand that when you take big depreciation, I think this is the best point. When you take depreciation faster than something has really economically depreciated, that's mm-hmm. kind of your sign. Yeah. So the forklift you buy for 30 and write off to zero immediately, you know it has more value than zero. So just that ought to be in your mind. Like yeah. someday I'm going to have to f- reconcile that. Yeah. I'm going to have to account for that difference that I basically got way on the front end. Yeah, there's Does no that- free lunch. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's probably the key to leave. If you've depreciated something down for tax purposes way faster than it depreciated yeah. for e- in economics, you're going to have an issue. Yeah. You open – I mean not that – I'm trying to get you to give bad advice, but I mean, are you, do you see that a lot? Is that a common business practice where, um, I mean, you can get access to a ton of capital finance and then you just buy a bunch of stuff, write it off. And then I got a client of mine, a good friend of mine. I, 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 and look all legitimate, this guy, he knows how to work the game with depreciation. He's smart. And he's and he's a risk taker and willing to go and do things like he's like okay Marcus, this year I um I had some really big or made a lot of money in these other businesses. He goes I'm starting a I'm, I'm starting an equipment rental business, and he knows. He goes I'm going by six hundred fifty thousand dollars of equipment like in December. We're gonna write it all off against all his other income. And so those would pass through to his other, like his yes. total. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's some caveats to that. I'm talking rental. So yeah. rental's different potentially unless you rent it less than seven days. There's all kind of yeah, rule. Yeah. But yes, suffice to say, yeah. yes, he's going, okay, I need to find some deductions to go against that. And he's thinking I'm going to do good. Okay. In this business or break even, but the tax benefits on the front end are great. They, they saved me this year from paying a huge amount of taxes and I'll figure it out later. I mean, he's kind of, but no, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. but he's just done that so long. He kind of knows that game. Yeah. And I will say this, I'm not going to get too much in this, but depreciation, it also depends. Like you talked about, if you buy something on debt, if you use debt to buy it, what type of entity we've talked about that S corps being a little more restrictive versus sole proprietorships and partnerships where you can, you can basically make your basis go negative in those kind of businesses. So that's uh, for a podcast. I forget which one we did where we talked a lot about that, but, um, very good point is if you think you're going to use that, that strategy I just mentioned, you better understand or really have somebody advising you on what entity to do it in. makes a huge difference. Yeah. And then keeping track of of those depreciations. So yeah, you, and that's so really easy. Your- yeah, and that's really easy if you have somebody doing the accounting properly because, like, when we do the accounting or we what we call is we do DIY assisted where the client does it and we just check them quarterly, um, we are reconciling your balance sheet. So we have a depreciation schedule and we make sure your balance sheet matches that. So we're doing that for you. It's probably something you don't even know is happening, but we're doing that for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, those are the basics of basis. I think I understand it now. So hopefully you do too. Maybe in the next episode we'll get you to like <laughs> regurgitate. What, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. It's a shadow government. <laughs> a shadow system. What did yeah, you call it? I don't know. I should have yeah. called it whatever I called it though. It's <laughs> it's because it's a very real thing. Right. 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 Um, all right. Well, that's a good place to end it. And like always, you can go to mirror.group, check out all the other episodes we have there, and reach out directly to Marcus there as well. So, see you next time. See you next time.